Wellington of the Flop House Podcast, and you are tuning into a brand new mini episode brought to you by Minnie's Bar. That's a Flop House mini by Minnie's. <laughs> and uh, I'm here recording all the way down in uh, Bonita Springs, Florida. That's right. I'm in <laughs> so, Florida. Some local um, wildlife. <laughs> that was a Florida man call. <laughs> yep. If you're wondering why my audio sounds terrible, it's because I'm recording in a hotel room with my laptop. Um, mm-hmm. Joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Dan McCoy and Elliot Kalen. Let me hear an ooh-ooh from you. Uh, ooh-ooh. That's me, Dan. Ooh-ooh. Ooh-ooh. I'm, da- I'm Elliot. I'm about to say I'm Dan. I was about to just repeat whatever Dan <laughs> said. <laughs> it's late, guys. Yeah. Now, if you are, if this is the first time you're tuning into the Flophouse, you should delete this episode and start with a different <laughs> one. But if you Sound are a advice. returning customer, yeah. I mean, listener. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly... <laughs> Basically, oh. every episode of this show plays better after you've sort of acquainted with yourself with us, have, have like sort of a fondness, a sort of a, just sort of you've been beaten down mm. by our personalities and tell you. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a fair. Every episode is better when you like us already. You just yeah. give in. Yeah. You got to love us. Yeah, much like the dinosaur's baby, you got to <laughs> love us. And, we're also, and also, we're quick to point out yeah. who's not the mama. Uh-huh. You just got to give in and trust your body like the dinosaurs. So... <laughs> We are what they did. That's what they did. Yeah, that's what they did. You missed that episode. Um, We are just hanging out. This now. Normally, we uh, have watched a bad movie, and the episode is us reviewing that bad movie. And tonight, because it's a mini, brought to you by Minis Bar. We are not doing that at all. Mm-hmm. Instead, we are talking about. <laughs> In what way about, is this episode brought to us by Minis Bar? I'm I'm curious about yeah, that. Yeah, what did they well, do? Well, one of the goddamn owners of Minnie's Bar is talking right now. That's me, guess, Stuart Wellington. I guess in that <laughs> way is brought to us. I guess. <laughs> and that Minnie's right keeps here, you here, alive. Here, here, <laughs> so, what I was saying is, instead of doing that thing where we watch a bad movie and talk about it, we are talking about a TV program called The Oscars mm-hmm. that was on, on Sunday. <laughs> And we're mm. let's call the ninety fourth Academy Awards. Thank you, yeah. the Oscars from <laughs> Sunday. Um, you know what, Stu? You did. You did it. You did it. You, you cut through the thicket the, of interruptions, and you made yeah. your way. You hacked, just through, you hacked away uh, with your verbal machete. Introduction cove into uh, you know the interior of the back, island. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pull back the curtain, like we're going backstage on the Oscars. And uh, mm-hmm. what had happened was we sat down, and Dan and Elliot are like, "So how do you want to do this?" And I said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna do it." And ran right into the room and started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pulled a real uh, Leroy, Leroy Jenkins, Jenkins and just ran right in. Yeah. Uh, who? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, if you've got you've got. Uh, a I would just like the idea that that I would be less familiar with Leroy Jenkins than my two <laughs> super cool gaming buddies. Yeah, it sounds like Stu's got to catch up on his seventeen year old memes. Uh, so. <laughs> The uh, 94th Academy Awards, a lot of – so for those who are not familiar with the Oscars, every year awards are given out for the best in movies. And often the best in movies don't get those awards. <laughs> uh, and it's just – it's – and this year was say. mostly mostly no, uh, no difference. But also there's the other drama going on, in some ways the more interesting drama, which is the story of a bunch of Oscar producers living under the delusion that there is a way to get people to watch the Oscars on TV and – desperately chasing after it, not never realizing this is an illusion because the days when the Oscars were must-see TV, copyright NBC, are long past because there is no longer a separation between movies and television and we don't find our stars magical in any way. Yeah. And the best they can do is shock us momentarily with their outre behavior. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, which is just like, I guess the, I mean, in a bigger way, it's the roots of conservatism uh, but maybe that's a bit, that's too much of a macro view. It is just a thing in human nature to believe that the way things were when you were growing up is some sort of normalcy and everything yeah, else the status is quo, the default, aberration. Yeah. And so I do think that people still trying to make the Oscars happen as they used to are like clinging to like, but this is a, the, the Oscars, this is a thing. It, it has always been. It's when when Hollywood's brightest stars come out to shine in our very own homes. And they don't seem to realize that, like, we can see those stars whenever we want. It's no longer – the excitement of I'm watching Elizabeth Taylor on my television set is no longer there. Yeah, I mean this is coming from me too, The one of the few people who continues to enjoy watching the Oscars. Like, 
I I am one of the dwindling audience for this thing, but even I am. That's like, what it says on your on your business cards. It's Dan McCoy, dwindling audience. <laughs> oh, I wish I was dwindling. I'm in my I'm not middle aged, guys. I keep increasing. I keep increasing. <laughs> no, but um. Oh man. No, I. You know what I'm saying though. Like, even as someone who loves it, I would prefer that they find a way to you know keep it alive. Rather than I think killing it the, by having bigger expectations of it than are rational. Step one, get more Tony Hawk involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was think, pretty radical, think, seeing him and the flying uh, tomato. Honestly, I think at this, at, this, <laughs> at this point, I think that the Academy Awards from a viewership perspective would be best served if it was a streaming event on the Oscars website and fans could watch it and there wasn't this sense of like, Hey, we've got to appeal to this this imaginary audience that is not interested in watching Liv Ullman get a lifetime achievement <laughs> award, but does want to see Tony Hawk, like because that's what who's interested in, in Academy Awards. You know, like we don't we don't have so, time to, sh- to show to, we don't have time to show who won for like makeup and costumes or whatever. We need to make room for the dancers who will celebrate all the dead people that we're not going to see clearly on screen because we're watching that was the dancers. Wild. That was that was wild. Like the fact that I had to like try and dodge my head between dancers so that I could see that Norm Macdonald got snubbed. <laughs> well, that's and also and also that it was like the uh, it felt very strange to me for it to end on uh, Betty White, who is you know undeniably a beloved American fixture, but like not someone I think of as a movie star. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, that is interesting because uh, I was I was about to make an argument of like as much as. I think Norm Macdonald was a tremendously funny comedian and, you know, had at least one pretty funny movie. He's not primarily known as a a movie star. No, that's like, true. Like, it'd be an odd... Like, I, for all these things where, like, they snub this or that person at the Oscars, like, oftentimes it's just like, yeah, they were famous, but they weren't necessarily known for movies. Like, well, that's... Yeah, that was, I mean, and, ever, it's, since it's a, they, it's, ever since they snubbed Angus Grimm, I have realized that it's all <laughs> bullshit, that we live yeah, in a world politics. of chaos and nothing matters. I mean, they should have had him, for sure. Yes. But, like, the, that, that, like, this was a year when... I mean, they, they, right, they rightly gave Sidney Poitier his due, you know, as one of the great, you know, figures in screen history. But, like, I know nobody remembers who he is, but, like, John Paul Belmondo shows up in the middle, one of the big stars of the French New Wave. He was an international icon at the time when, like, our grandparents were were young adults watching movies. And it's uh-huh. like, oh, I guess he just gets a picture for a moment, huh? Like, this is a guy who was mm. the sim- the personification of French film for the time when French mil- film mattered in the United States, you know? But on the other and hand, like, we got a— right. uh- we got a full performance of We Don't Talk About Bruno, a song that was not nominated. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. We With have to new and, and lyrics. That brings me, We've got to talk about what everyone's talking about, the uh, the slap in the face, which is the huge slap in the face to Lin-Manuel Miranda, once again, getting shut out of the Oscars. He yeah. does not oh. win Oscars. Yeah, Sorry, sir. E in- in- incredibly talented, but it's like they keep dangling an EGOT in front of him and then pulling it away at the last minute. Yep. Yeah. Although I have to admit, so I, when I didn't know the nominees for Best Original Song ahead of time, and then No Time to Die won, and I was like, yeah, that was the best part of that movie, was that song. You did you did deserve oh, to win I kinda, that. I kind of like that movie. Yeah, well, I thought it was an okay movie, but I thought the song was, was deserved to be in a better Bond movie. It's a it's great song. It's certainly a... a- a strong Bond song, like for like I think that, yes, I think that for years people have been seeking for a way to have that classic Bond sound while still feeling somewhat contemporary, and only a few times has it been successful. Sort of, and yeah, it takes Billie Eilish and her brother to pull it off. Since we're talking about original songs, can I talk about how fucking weird it was that they chose when Daniel Kaluuya walked out to present? They played Africa by Toto, <laughs> and then when scary. Stephanie Beatriz walked out, they played La Isla Bonita, both of which felt fucking gross. <laughs> well, I think we, I think we have the thing. The Oscars is like ground zero for Hollywood being still a white male power structure, but trying desperately to look like it is not. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, we're all about we're all about diversity here. Uh, what's what's a good song for him to come out? Yeah, yeah, Africa by Toto. Why would that be problematic? I don't understand. <laughs> or like, or the, I thought it was very weird that they were like, they were like, okay, here's a salute to, you know, 
50 years of The Godfather. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Here's a salute to another thing. All right, I guess so. Here's a salute to 28 years of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and it's like, well, you just had the stars Finally, of Pulp Fiction available. Like, here. 28 is a weird anniversary. <laughs> yeah. I'm it reminds me of the year a couple years ago when they were like, and now a tribute to Chicago's 10th anniversary of winning Best <laughs> yeah. Picture. I hope <laughs> I hope you you can <laughs> celebrate my 44th uh, anniversary of life this summer. <laughs> Everyone join me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that also like that music thing is, you know, Hollywood is known definitely for uh, nothing if not on the nose needle drops. And what can be yes. more Hollywood well, than nowadays, the Academy Award? Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's just like get the guy in who does it for all the trailers. Like, Dan, are you talking about? Cruella? I feel good in there. Whatever. What I said? Are you talking about Cruella again? <laughs> I like. I, I'm drops? one of the few. I feel like will stand up for Cruella. Who will I mean, join me? You mean okay, one up? Academy Award, Dan? <laughs> all right. Uh, now <laughs> one Academy Award. Never mind. I hate it now. Yeah, and she <laughs> so. So I've been I've been reading I just re- finished reading that the new uh, making of Mad Max Fury Road book which Dan got oh, me for my birthday that. it's great and uh, the section the chapter where they're talking about the award season uh, the first first off the Academy Awards that year were hosted by Chris Rock mm-hmm. and uh, the the first award that Fury Road won that night was for costumes and it was uh, man I can't remember her name. Uh, is it like Jenny Beavens, something like that? Uh, Janine Costumes. The the it's somewhere in between those two things uh, because <laughs> somewhere in between a real name and a, and a fake joke name. Yeah, and she's she's great. Like she's a distinctive person, and it was great to see. I don't know. It's it was just a weird tie in between those two things. Well, also like it, it became clearer seeing her win again that you know the 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 way that she dresses to the movie that she is nominated for because the first time around she had a mad maxi thing on, but I had, she had no, she had one arm. She had replaced one of her arms with a robot arm. Uh Oh, (laughs) no, it was a very mad max kind of like, uh, Oscars outfit. But honestly, like, I think that I apologize for this. Our, uh, uh, my at least, uh, vision of Australia has been shaped so much by Mad Max movies that it like almost didn't register. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. She's from Australia. She's wearing these clothes. Yeah, whereas, yeah the post-apocalyptic country, Australia. Now that's, yeah, that's, see what she wears that's considered for formal wear. Cruella. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see the bit. <laughs> like You've created the pattern now. I see what's going on. Now, Dan, when you said a very, very Mad Max, it made me think of a movie called It's a Mad, 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 Mad Max. And now I want to see a Fury Road poster in the Jack Davis style with all the characters chasing Max and Furios. <laughs> and they're all I mean, if that hasn't already been done, it would be, it's a great idea. And Somebody's I feel like gotta do it, please. Tom Fowler should get on that. Yeah, actually, Tom Fowler should get on that. Tom Fowler, why haven't you done a Jack Davis style poster for <laughs> It's a Mad, 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 Mad Tom Max? Tom Fowler, hit us up. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Tom Fowler, do it already. You need to. Uh, there is a, uh, I think, so it was interesting. Dune was very much the Fury Road of this year where it was like, we're get, you're going to win all the technical awards and you're not going to win. I think Fury Road is a better movie than Dune. Fury Road is a movie that like, yes. every time I watch it, I'm like, I just experienced something I can't fully describe in words. And Dune is a really fun movie. Yeah, it was, Fury Road is like, like I'm experiencing something I've never experienced before. And Dune, to me, felt like, this is a perfect encapsulation of something that I've seen a million times before. Yeah. There was, there's a certain aspect of it where it's like, what if Star Wars never left Tatooine? It's Dune. Um, it was uh, exciting to see um, Licorice Pizza not win anything since the more I, I – the, the farther I get from that movie, the less I like it. Uh, it's one of my top ones of the year. Well, we can agree to disagree because we're friends and we're just different people that yeah, I I can agree on different things. I know. It's true. I mean, I, I was, think it was I a, was obviously disappointed that uh, that worst person in the world did not win either of the awards it was nominated for, since that was my favorite movie of the year, mm-hmm. and it should have gotten extra awards. They should have invented new awards for it, but that's okay. And I'm glad that the the that the Palm d'Or winner won Best Picture, right? 
Uh, mm. Yeah, that's right. Palm to or winter coda. I, there's something. I mean, there's, I, there, this is this is something that made me madder and madder af- after the Oscars when I was doing the dishes because out here in L.A. the Oscars are over pretty early. That I was like, You're bragging I was like, oh. about time zones. <laughs> yeah, deal with it. I didn't. I wasn't tired. I wasn't even going to bed yet. It was only like eight o'clock. <laughs> oh, nine o'clock, I guess. But uh, and you the, have a that, ten uh, o'clock bedtime because you're a big boy. Mm-hmm, yeah, I get to stay up late. Sometimes I have a drink of water before I go to bed. Anyway, oh, man. It, that's because your parents trust you. Well, it's because they trained me using Snake Mountain to get me to not pee in bed. <laughs> People who watched our Master of the Universe show will know what I'm talking about. That So Coda won, and I was like, oh, okay. I guess it did win. The movie that I could not leave my house without seeing a dozen for your consideration advertisements everywhere for. It was advertised. L.A. was blanketed with vote for Coda ads. But uh, – and uh, – and, uh, but then watching, I was like, oh, okay, so it won. I guess it's like a feel-good movie. People need to feel good. And as the night went on and I did those dishes, glasses and plates were cracking under my grip as it got more and more angry as I thought about the incredible lack of ambition of that movie <laughs> oh, and how they're like, oh, yeah, best picture of the year. We're going to give it to this movie that is not trying to do anything new or different or original and is the kind of thing that you could watch probably on the Hallmark Channel, and you wouldn't have to change anything, you know? Uh, <laughs> Which is not to say it's bad. It's a, it's a, it's a well-crafted, feel-good, you, you know, I think you need movie. to clarify that it's not doing anything new or original uh, stylistically or narratively. Like, in terms of, like... Yeah, as j- opposed to all the other things that happen in movies aside from narrative well, and style. no, I mean, like, there are, like... <laughs> I think there is a genuine, like... This is the first deaf actor to win an award for this kind of performance. Like, like there is a, an issue did of Marley like. Did Marlon Matlin not win for best? No, actors? no, no. Deaf actor. She, she did. I'm I the 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 Oscars uh, separate actor and actress into separate categories, Elliot. And, uh, but I don't. So, yeah, uh, thank you, Elliot. I'm just pointing out that uh, that is what I was. That's why I was saying it that way. Um, no, I'm just saying in terms and I of thought, like, and I thought he was really good. I loved the. I thought the performances were all good in it. It's not a bad movie. It's it, it's a it's a nice you know sweet little, you know regular old movie that's you know just the minute she it opens in the beginning and they're like we're having trouble with our fishing boat and I want to sing. By the end of that movie, you know they're going to stop <laughs> having trouble with that fishing boat and she's going to sing. And yeah. I mean. In a year when Benedetta, a movie that is better than Coda, <laughs> did not even crack my top ten. I mean, I mean, I, I find I, you knew that Benedetta was not going to be was not going to be in the Oscars, if only for the. <laughs> you don't know what I know, Elliot. <laughs> that's good. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> don't uh, don't take his naivete away from him. It's one of his. I mean, it, I mean, <laughs> most in a year when <laughs> keep those and, scales and on my fucking eyes, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was not. And uh, I w- certainly would have been more mad if, like, again, like I said, licorice pizza. If had fucking one, don't look up. If don't look up one, I would have just pushed I, my I gotta, TV over. I still haven't seen Don't Look Up yet. We were saying things that we liked about uh, the Oscars before, and I really enjoyed how mean Amy Schumer got about Don't Look Up. What was she saying? Because I didn't see that part. being the Ricardos. Uh, I mean, I will butcher any attempt at recreating the joke, but it was just pointing out that well, what it, was that Chris Rock reviewed. joke you said you wanted to re- You said there was a Chris Rock joke you really wanted to repeat? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you first, <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we should take a break uh, to do ads because that's a thing that we do on this show is sure. we have sponsors. <laughs> before, Unlikely before though it ads, may I do, seem. I, I do want to say it is another – this is a very quick thing. that It is another symptom of the like how do we get people who don't like movies to watch the Oscars-itis that it did seem like the hosts were doing a lot of like shitting on the movies. <laughs> and it's like if I'm watching this, it's because I like movies. Like I want to celebrate yeah, movies. Yeah. So. No, I agree with that uh, in general just specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy about it. Don't look up. Okay, so let's sponsor it up. Uh, oh, our first sponsor is Don't Look Up. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I have to read what it says. A great movie deserving of all the Oscars. Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars. So now he's reading our car manual. We have... 
So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes, there will be swears. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fanti, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive? question mark Uh aspects of gentrification we get into that too every single thursday you can check us out at maximumfun.org listen you know you want it honey so come on and get it (laughs) period our first sponsor whose ad i am reading right now is kitty poo club (laughs) calling all cat owners that's me so i'm calling myself and me Are you, not me. I will continue to not listen to this message. <laughs> Are you spending too much time cleaning out your cat's litter box or always feel you need to add more litter? Kitty Poo Club has found the perfect solution to these problems. And uh, it is indeed an issue. Uh, the, the, the beauty of a cat is that unlike a dog, uh, a cat will defecate urinate in one place and you can predict easily where that place is there's not a lot of there's no not really that much training involved they'll just do it but the downside is all that stuff's inside your home let me tell you if you go into a cat owner's house and they go hey want to bet on where my cat's gonna pee and poop do not take that bet they have inside <laughs> knowledge yeah <laughs> we've we've got experience uh no it's a pain to deal with even though um it's uh in a way very convenient but uh kitty poo club can help you with that every month Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable and recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. When the month is up, just recycle the used litter box and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. You can easily customize your subscription at any time to maybe add toys, treats, accessories, whatever will make you and your kitty happy. And right now, here's the important part. Kitty Poo Club is offering an awesome discount on your first litter box. And free shipping when you set up an auto ship. Just go to www.kittypooclub. That's P-O-O poo as in a <laughs> bowel movement. And not, not, not P-O-H as in Winnie the. <laughs> Winnie the. <laughs> kittypooclub.com to save on your first auto ship order of litter boxes with free shipping. And be sure to let them know the Flophouse sent you after checkout. That's kittypooclub.com. Now, guys, do you guys remember those tiny little cars and there was a fast-talking uh, pitch man? I think they were called micro-machines. Well, I'm <laughs> not here to old. talk about that. No, okay. Today, I'm here to talk about <laughs> micro-dosing. <laughs> Have you guys ever tried micro-dosing? Well, I'm going to talk about it right okay. now. Really fast? Are you going to talk really fast about it? Or I'm going to speak at completely normal speed about but it. If you want to hear it sped up, you, you can use your iPhone or a smartphone of any kind, Samsung, uh-huh. I don't care, function to like hit the <laughs> old double speed option on the app. Um, and I mean, let me give you let me give you the truth. I only listen to podcasts on that double I'm speed. I'm just saying you can so. circumvent Stuart's express wishes by hitting that button. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just crank it up to a, a million or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know. You are listening to somebody, that's me, who has been microdosing, and it definitely makes me feel more chill and relaxed. Our show is brought to you by Microdose Gummies. Uh, Microdose Gummies deliver a perfect entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. Uh, Now, I like using these. Uh, They uh, come in a variety of flavors. Um, and they give me just enough THC to make me feel kind of calm and chill at the end of the night. Um, and they are, are, yeah, I'm a fan. I know Dan's a fan. Um, they help you sleep, I know. That's they a- definitely help me sleep. And I, uh, especially after like a long day of working at the bar, it's nice to relax with a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of something. Um, now, microdose gummies are available nationwide. 
you can learn more about microdosing THC. Just do a quick search online or go to microdose.com and use code FLOP, F-L-O-P, to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. That's right. Links can be found in our show description. And again, it's microdose.com, code FLOP. Well, Ellie, do you have anything? I... Uh, uh, Maniac of New York, number four continues. To, uh, the Bronx is burning. Number four continues to be on comic book store shelves, so that's not really a sponsor, mm-hmm. in except in the way that it is, the same way that uh, Minis is a sponsor of this episode. So, uh, Maniac <laughs> of New York, the oh, Bronx wow. is burning. Number four by me and Andrew Man. Moody on on comic book stores right now. Yeah, not on comic book stores like on the roof, like on the shelves, not on yeah. top of the store. Don't climb on top of a comic book store looking for Maniac of New York number four. Apparently, Haterade is a sponsor as well. <laughs> um, so, now that we're back to talking about these Oscars, yeah, uh, fashion uh, do's and don'ts, Dan? <laughs> um, I, you know, I the only thing I can remember now, and it was only because uh, a friend was impressed I used the term pencil skirt to describe it, was Uma Thurman's uh, plain white blouse and... Uh, and black skirt, but she looked great. Oh, you know who looked great? He had Kristen Stewart had the had the crazy shorts. short shorts, crazy uh, shorts, nice gams. Uh, I don't know. I don't want that. Is that creepy? I I feel like it was creepier than I intended. Just looked nice. It's, it was a saying. little creepy. I think. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, it's kind of expected. It's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, it was what like, you guys, it was like PG creepy. Okay, cool. And Thanks. what do you guys think about the the? This is off the topic of fashion, but what do you guys think about the the biggest upset of the night? I think this took everyone by surprise. The winner of the Oscars fan favorite contest, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Spider Man No Way Home, coming in at fourth place and at first place that hit film Army of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was so crazy, man. <laughs> Well, do you think? Do you think? Do you think Zack Snyder ever gets worried that his fans might be too intense? <laughs> I think he. I think he might be, if only because also in the Oscars cheer moment, first place went to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, the, well, the best you know, part about it is when when the moment. Uh, I I feel like he did a disservice by not specifying that the moment. Yeah, is the when moment. The Flash enters the Speed Force. That's <laughs> right. Speed. It is the moment when the Flash enters the Speed. Force. It's it is. This is <laughs> this is a part of the show. I think I must have missed. I just saw it on the Wikipedia entry here that it was number one. Flash enters the Speed Force. Number two, three Spider Men in Spider Man No Way Home. Number three, Avengers assemble to fight Thanos. Avengers Endgame. Now again, these are not like yeah. that. These are not really the most momentous moments of film history, but they're recent things. Number four. The song, and I'm telling you, I'm not going from Dreamgirls. <laughs> yeah. and number five, Neo bu- dodging a bullet in the Matrix. And I was like, who made the nominees for this? Like, <laughs> well, what, what I don't I, understand. And what I love is that <laughs> after seeing the number one cheer moment in the history of motion pictures, yeah. we are greeted with a completely silent audience. <laughs> 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 oh, maybe in the theater. I was going to say, Stuart, I mean, it's lucky that Elliot wasn't watching because, of course, there was the deafening cheer that rocked America as everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's saw what, it was Flash all, that's the thing I heard. the I heard this. I heard this cheer go up, and and my windows started shaking. And I said, "Is this the big quake that we've been waiting for? The one that we've been overdue for for a hundred years? Oh no, this is it! I better go rush to my children's room and wake them up so I can hug them one last time before the roof collapses in on us." Yeah, and then yeah. the windows stop, and I said, "Oh wait, that was just a cheer for the Flash entering the Speed Force." What I love about this being the number one stand-up and cheer moment. In all of film <laughs> forever. <laughs> well, forever. I mean, can you think of a better one, <laughs> one that makes you cheer harder than that? <laughs> my, I can't. You're right. I can't. It's impossible. My love of it is that it's this very specific phrase, <laughs> him entering the Speed Force, that like I was having seen the movie, I would never have been able to pull that phrase out of my brain. You know what? I'm I don't sure. even remember exactly which time it is that the Flash enters the Speed Force of all the times that he moves real fast and things go slow around him. Which yeah. one is Is it when he goes back in time? Is that the one? But and the, is this and like... The best part about it is that... then they should call it the Flash goes back in time. And the thing is, it happened... I believe that only happens in the Snyder Cut... So the cheer is yes. happening at people's homes, not at movie theaters. <laughs> it never, but in a world where Coda wins Best Picture, a movie can be. I mean, I, I'm I'm the last person to say that a movie has to be seen in a movie theater. Although it does feel like it is weird to cheer at home by yourself watching that, you know? Yeah, 
Is this something? Is is Speed Force like a thing from the comic comics? Yes, yes it okay. is. That's that's what makes the Flash run fast. Is he he and okay. other speedsters can tap into the Speed Force. And there's a great moment in the uh, in the JLA Avengers comic where the Flash ends up on the Avengers Earth in the Marvel Universe, and he cannot run fast because the Marvel Universe does not have a Speed right. Force. Well, I just want. Oh I mean, shit! It's just funny to me because. As someone who never read Flash comics, <laughs> as somebody who's never entered the Speed Force, <laughs> <laughs> never read Flash comics. What if I? Let's see. What if I entered? I entered the Dragon once. Uh, that was a mistake. Very dangerous. Uh-huh. But I entered the Void once. Mm, do not recommend. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Very no. disorienting and overwhelming. <laughs> um, no, but I, I've seen these movies, and I like saw like. A few, at least, Once episodes. Once I entered the Sandman? <laughs> <laughs> the, I'd seen some of the show. My, my point is just that this phrase sounds like something that was it's in, like, an instruction booklet for, like, like <laughs> okay, now, now enter step the three, speed force. Enter the speed force. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something you need to do to, com- to, to complete an algebra yeah. problem. Okay, now you would enter the speed force for Y. <laughs> It looks like when you get the trading card set from Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, you flip the card <laughs> over, and that's what it says is the Flash enters the Speed Force. Yeah, and it's quotations. just a picture of him with glowy stuff all over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – uh, so anyway, that's the number one cheer moment in the, <laughs> in the history of filmmaking. The fact that fucking Gizmo showing up and shooting the fucking spider gremlin wasn't the number one is crazy <laughs> to me. I mean, that's pretty great. <laughs> He looks like fucking Rambo, dude. <laughs> the, the gremlin blowing up in the microwave in the first gremlin, or or Gizmo showing up in in that little Barbie car in the first movie. It both number one and number two, second first and second place should both be Gizmo moments, at least, yeah. if not three. Yeah, I mean, you see him and he looks so badass. Like, of course, it's the number one. <laughs> it does. He looks like he looks like Rambo. His aim is impeccable, and yeah. that Spider Gremlin is just on fire. Like he he lights and him on fire. You know, like that you point, see the like, Spider Gremlin, you're like that thing's unstoppable. It's yeah. like squirting out it's webs huge. all over creation. It, mm-hmm. it already trapped Carla in its web. <laughs> now it's got. Billy Although too. to be fair, Carla doesn't seem to be trying to get out that hard. She's just sort of wildly wow. <laughs> well, struggling. Wow, that, now you're blaming the victim, Dan. You're blaming the victim. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is she the greatest person in the world? Sure, she tried to seduce Billy, but that's I that has nothing to do with anything. Carla in that movie. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no yeah. Take me to a Canadian I mean, restaurant, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I mean, I'm already going to that Canadian restaurant on a date with the lady grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. Well, you would well, Robert Picardo is it has something to say about that's that. That's true. But, He's cooler so, than me. I think I've the seen fact, him in inner space. He looks incredible. The fact that the Oscar fan favorite and the Oscars cheer moment of all time were both from Zack Snyder films does nothing hmm. to make me doubt the efficacy of these <laughs> of these poll related contests. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's so like, funny. <laughs> I yeah, I was seeing some article about I honestly it being want like more of these. How did the Oscars like, not realize that like having like Twitter polls is just going to mobilize the strangest corners of the internet? I think to- I think they th- I I think they were like we don't care if it gets these people to watch our show so that we can so that we can you know juke the stats and and make it seem like more people are interested in this. They're like look. As long as we do not have to put Elaine May on television giving a speech for her very deserved honorary Academy Award, yeah. then we'll be fine. What what nonsense can we put on TV so that we don't have to put Elaine May and Liv Ullman on American television <laughs> screens? I think I think they should have taken it one step farther and let uh, let these Twitter polls allow like vote for presenters. So we finally could have had Gabriel from Malignant present an award. <laughs> 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 you know, this year they they didn't have an animated character alongside a live action character. Yeah, that <laughs> always kills you. Person, <laughs> you know that they you know that at some point someone suggested having Bruno on there predicting what what winners there would be and, and getting you know and everyone going Shh, Bruno Bruno you can't say that or something like that you mm-hmm. know. But I assume they they nixed that because. Um, Wait, I, I actually – I, I don't like, know I that mean, much about Encanto because I was too busy watching Mitchell's versus the Machines. <laughs> I, you backed the wrong horse, my friend, clearly, if you wanted to watch I mean, only Oscar winners. I, I, I mean in terms of enjoyment, I think he backed the correct horse. Encanto's I mean, I think fine, the, the, but it's no uh, – at least, at least this means the Mitchell's versus the Machines will stop filling my Twitter feed with promoted ads <laughs> telling me how much Guillermo del Toro liked the Mitchell's versus the Machines. I mean it's a good movie. You should watch it, dude. 
I will watch it at some point. But I'm I'm one of those guys who like the more you advertise a movie to me, the less likely I am to go watch it. Yeah. The, the more tired I get to it. That's why I try not to watch the trailers for movies I want to see because yeah. it's like this is going to make me. That's bored why Elliot thing. never met Dave, even though he was told repeatedly. Yeah. You know you got. Well, the meet thing Dave. is, I already. I already saw Dave, and I'm seeing these ads for Meet Dave, and I'm like, I met Dave. Yeah. I saw Dave. What's so sad is, what's so sad is you're never gonna meet Michael Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they keep pushing that movie's release date. It's possible none of us will ever meet Michael Morbius. Uh, such a travesty. It's, I mean, now, it seems think, for the best. <laughs> Look, I really get think, the feeling you, he'd suck my blood. <laughs> Only, he, but he'd try not to. He'd try to fight it as best as he can. Yeah. I mean, the problem is if you met Jared Leto, he'd also try to suck your blood. <laughs> yeah. I, regardless of being a for, vampire. You know, research for a part. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, though, now, the uh, part is not a vampire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, he's he's it's for uh it's for a Dallas Dallas Buyers Club too. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, guys, were there any movies that you hadn't seen and you saw them win Oscars or get nominated and you were like, oh, I'm interested in that now. Now I want to see it. Um, I will say that I finally watched Coda because it was nominated for an award and I and I enjoyed seeing Coda again. I I understand. I would like to see something a little more cinematically. Daring stylistically. I mean, Coda, again, like not even, even or even like. I mean, Coda is not a bad movie, and that's why I kind of feel bad about getting frustrated because it's not a bad no, movie. No, I, I like it but quite it's like, a bit. But it's the I, so this this is the spoiler for our next regular episode, the movie I'm gonna probably gonna recommend. I watched this this uh, movie called uh, I Was a Simple Man. That's uh, a movie about this old man in Hawaii is dying and he's kind of reliving his life in out of order, and his family is is kind of experiencing memories as they go through it. And it gets uh, very surreal at sometimes and not at other times. And it is just so beautifully gorgeous. And it also is a movie that does not look like it had a big budget. Like, but it looks like a movie and it feels like a movie. When I was watching Coda, I was like, this movie doesn't look or feel like a movie. Like, it's just kind of, there's nothing, there's nothing beautiful about it. And I don't mean that it has to have like sweeping landscapes or whatever. Like you can have a beauty in, the way that I feel like, um, you know, a movie like a, like uh, Chan is missing or something like a very independent movie can also be a beautiful movie just because it looks like a movie, you know, but this, but with Kodo, it was just kind of like, yeah, we're telling you the story. Here you go. There's this thing. Let's move on to the next part. Okay. This thing. Yeah. And it just felt like the movie was, uh, could have gone a little deeper for it to be named best picture, but as it, but as a movie, as it is, it's fine. But when, fine. but when people are now going to be forever, people are gonna be like, yeah, well that was the, the best picture of 2021, 2022. Yeah. Just scientific fact, you know? I I hope that this uh, that it winning will finally push me to uh, get around to watching Summer of Soul. Summer of Soul's really good. Yeah, Summer I think Soul's I'll really like good. it. I just it's always hard for me to get around to watching documentaries. And Summer of Soul is one that like that's another one where like stylistically it's not really doing anything out of the ordinary, but the story it's telling is so it story it's telling is so interesting, and the footage is just so amazing, and it looks so great. Like that, it's it it feels like you're experiencing that concert, you know, in person while you're watching it. So, um, so it's really good. It's worth it just for the music alone. Although someone once yeah. said they were like, "Oh, well, if you want to win an academy, a documentary Academy Award, uh, it should either be about the Holocaust or about music performers." And that seems to be the way it works a lot of the yeah. time. But uh, that being said, it is really good. I haven't said anything for a ways, and that's just because I've been looking through the the movies that were nominated trying to answer your question. And like other than like I said, I you know, I watched Coda because it suddenly became the front runner and I watched Well, you also thought it was about Kathy Lee and Coda. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I watched And the, you love them? <laughs> I watched Don't Look Up out of morbid curiosity once it started being taken seriously, and I shouldn't have done that. Should I? So I still haven't watched it yet. Should I watch it or should I not watch it? Only if, for some reason, we decide to to do it for the show. <laughs> okay, mm. for, for Oscar nominees edition. Yeah. Yep. Uh. Yeah. And uh, what was uh was Teton nominated for Best Picture? <laughs> no, Teton wasn't nominated for anything. So Stuart, somebody, what were some of the movies that you watched whiffed. this past year that that you really liked that you wish had been nominated? I mean, obviously, Pig. I know. You were you were disappointed. Of course, it was not for anything. Uh, pig. Uh, 
Uh, Green Knight wasn't yeah. nominated for anything. Not even fucking production design. Like, what Green, the fuck's wrong with you? Green Knight, um, I think, is yeah, my top of the year. So I, yeah, I'm mad I still at that have to, one. I still haven't seen Green Knight. I got that and Last Duel. I still need to see. I haven't seen any of the Knight movies from last year. Uh, I am. Uh, let's see. Oh, like Last Duel. Like I would have loved Last Duel to get a nom. I think it's great. Um, and I'm surprised that you didn't get a Best Actor nom for uh, what's his name in Red Rocket with the big ding dong. Uh, Simon Rex. He's great. He's right. Simon Rex is great in that movie. He plays a I fucking think, well, terrible piece of shit, but he is compelling enough that you want to watch the whole movie with him. He, it's like Uncut Gems. I mean, Denzel Washington got nominated for playing a piece of shit in Lord Macbeth in, in Tragedy of Macbeth. <laughs> that Macbeth yeah. is not a good dude. I was I was disappointed <laughs> he didn't win that uh, that award because the way he delivers the tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow speech, I I thought was so great because I'd never seen it done that way before. Every other way I've seen an actor do that. They're genuinely grieving for the death of Lady Macbeth. And in this version, he's so far gone that he's just so irritated that she's dying at this moment. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll deal with it another time. Who cares? She dies. Everybody dies. I'll deal with it later. Like, the way he just tosses it off, I thought was amazing. But uh, but that Macbeth, not a good dude. Thumbs down. Let's cancel Macbeth. <laughs> Thumbs down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> The knives are out for him. I'm looking over this last year. Uh, I agree on the Green Knight. I liked the Night House quite a bit. It's not the sort of thing that ever really gets nominations, although Rebecca Hall's... Big year Hall's, for Knights. Uh, Big yeah, year for Knight-related things. Um, but just on a personal level, I, I like that one a lot. That's... <clears throat> sorry. I don't have I mean, it was, it was. I mean, it was gratifying that Dear Evan Hansen wasn't nominated for anything, right? Oh, thank God. <laughs> it still, it still kind of stings that being the Ricardos got nominations. <laughs> That's that's one of those ones where it was. I mean, if I'm if if Coda is unambitious, I feel like being the Ricardos is even less ambitious. Like Coda felt like a TV movie. Being the Ricardos felt like a TV show that was yeah. like pumped up to a big. And as much as I love Jake, and like, Simmons, a, like, a, he's like a network TV show. <laughs> I yes, would, yeah. As as much as I love J.K. Simmons, I was that when I found out he was nominated for best supporting actor, I was like, really for that? I mean, like I love J.K. Simmons, but he doesn't really have much to do in it, and. He's just kind of doing the same thing throughout yeah. the whole thing. Well, I would argue that, if anything, being the Ricardos is an advertisement for, like, how maybe, like, you're undervaluing Coda a little bit. Because, like, Coda we took a very sort of uh, standard script structure. And I, I got frustrated with some of the things in, in the second act that felt like the plot, plot kicking into gear. But at every turn, I felt like, oh, that was just, a, like, a a slightly better, smarter, like more sensitive choice than I was expecting. Whereas being mm -hmm. the Ricardos at every point was like, let's make the like most obvious, you know, false choice. Like the, well, the, the least realistic the, kind of version of the story. I, I, like Coda is not cinematically ambitious, but it's almost like being the Ricardos is, is ambitious in the opposite direction where they're like, huh, Desi Arnaz is uh, is calling up everyone in Congress to get to Jade Hoover to clear Lucy's name. We don't need to see any of that. Let's just have him mention that he did it. And how how can we have a climactic ending? Should he give a big speech, a big dramatic rousing speech? No, we'll have somebody else say something over a telephone. <laughs> like it's like it is it is like Brechtian in the way it is it is deliberately <laughs> avoiding the things that a drama is supposed to deliver, like excitement and suspense and emotions. You know. Hey. Hey, did y'all? Uh, so Coda Coda won best adapted screenplay against yes. uh, so, against what I would describe as stiff competition. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys see Belfast? No, I haven't seen it yet, and I really want to see it. I haven't seen. Yeah, it yet. I didn't see it either. You know, uh, uh, John, uh, who listeners know uh, from or the Gospels <laughs> from doing. Mm -hmm. A lot of our animations for the live show uh, saw it with uh, with his partner, and uh, they both liked it. But yeah, I mean, the Academy liked it enough to give it best original screenplay. Um, again, it it felt like in both categories, it felt like safer choices. Although I have not seen Belfast, so I can't really you comment on it. You would have much rather don't look up one for best original screenplay. You're saying. Uh, I it was nominated. You're right. Uh, mm -hmm. and you would have preferred Licorice Pizza to be nominated. No, thank you. That's I mean, if the here's here's I was surprised Licorice Pizza wasn't nominated for any. You know, it was it was nominated for any acting awards, right? Like that was 
the strength of that movie. That and the look of the movie were the strength, and it wasn't nominated for those things. It was nominated and for Alana, the script, which I which was a kind of rambling, shambling, uh, you know, thing that that built to the <laughs> built to the message that uh, grown women and teenagers should run off together. <laughs> and I, it was nominated for best picture. Yeah, yeah, know? dude, it's 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 fucking Phantom Menace. <laughs> or arguably attack the clones um the (laughs) i mean they don't uh, get together until attack of the clones would would an alana heim would have been best actress right not supporting she's the lead in that movie she's the lead yeah she i would call her the lead yeah although you never know it's like how Frances mcdormand won for best supporting actress for fargo but she's even though she doesn't come in for like the first half hour she's clearly the lead of that movie also yeah you know, I mean, William H. Macy have like the same amount of screen time sometimes they kick people down you know for strategic reasons when it comes yeah, to yeah because they think they'll have a better chance yeah it. yeah well and best and and best actress was a kind of weird category because none of those roles were from best picture nominated films yeah I mean it, sh- it shows you this was a weird year in that like there was nothing even in the nominations there was nothing that was kind of like sweeping the big awards. And when you look at it, like Dune won the most awards and most of those are technical. And like the uh, Coda won the second most and then the Eyes of Tammy Faye won the third most with two <laughs> awards. And then you have all these movies that won one award and that's it. It was a, this was a, this was a year I think where Hollywood was, uh, I mean, as as it should be, every, the past couple of years are, have been years where the world has been struggling. This was yes. the past couple of years when Hollywood was struggling. And here's my overall thesis on that. You guys want to hear it? Sure. sure, drop it on us. You guys, you guys want you to hear it? You wrote it all out. Let's yeah. fucking hear it. I wrote it out in my brain. Uh, the fact that the kinds of movies that the Oscars are kind of made for, there's two kinds of movies. There's big spectacle experiences that you can only get at the movies, and then there are the kinds of like probing or even just like standard dramas mm-hmm. where people are acting out big emotions. And Hollywood in terms of theatrical releases has more or less turned its back on that second type of movie. And to be honest, even the first type a little bit, they give us a lot of big special effects spectacles that you can only do in the movies, but very rarely is it something like Fury Road where you're like, oh, I just I just went through a thing I've never been through before. Like there was an intensity to that that I can't get anywhere else. And like I saw a vision of a strange world where a a new type of character or something like that. Uh, and so a lot of the kinds of movies that traditionally get nominated for Academy Awards are just not being made as much. They're either legacy products from people like Steven Spielberg or Guillermo del Toro that can get things made if they push hard enough or stuff through – like the kinds of movies that used to be made through uh, and put through the theaters, the, you're kind of like – you're on Golden Ponds and your Moonstrucks and things like that. Like they either get made for streamers or not at all and or independently and they don't get noticed by many people. And so the Oscars kind of like it's it's kind of I think it feels like they're kind of scrambling to figure out what to nominate. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like that's why it feels like a weird year for you, I think, in many ways, whereas like Coda is the sort of movie that used to get made in Hollywood more and nominated for. In, uh, in Oscars. I mean, I would even say and it's this the kind case, of movie, it's, like, it's the kind of movie that I would say it's the kind of movie that used to get made and not nominated for Oscars because there were so many. Of right, them. right, right. Exactly. Or maybe well, exactly. nominated for like an acting award or something. But yeah. but now it's made. You know, like you know, it, it like it had. It's a big movie for what it is, but it was like you know only big because Sundance like there's a huge bidding thing over it because it was such a crowd pleaser, and then it still ends up. On streaming, so of course it like it feels small because like these type of movies do end up on streaming. So like you, I feel like you're gonna get even more complaints of the the kind you're talking about, Elliot. Where you're just like, why is this nominated movie like look so much like? Well, I don't know. Like I mean, a really I think, nice but, TV but, thing. But TV has gotten so much more ambitious. Like your average episode no, of true. like Yellow Jackets looks more like a movie to me than than Coda does. Just in I terms know. Of I'm style, just saying, like, you know. there's just not the same um, rewards given for like putting style into. Like, I think that streaming has flattened a lot of style out, and so now if things aren't going to go to like the movie theaters, like they end up looking a certain way. And I don't think it's like, I, I, I hear what you're saying about shows, but I think that in a weird way, that is like often more of a show thing now than it is like for like these movies that end up kind of going straight to streaming. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe. crazy. I think, 
I don't know. I think it's less that streaming has has squeezed out style and more that like the well maybe it is. Maybe if you're making a movie on that no cuz it's not like it's not like Coda was made for streaming. Like it's an independent film no, no, that was yeah, made was. as an indie film and then Apple bought it, but there's definitely a um I feel like you used to have a you used to have more of that kind of movie where they were not huge budget productions but they were kind of, you know those mid-level productions where you would get you know um that certain movie uh ambition because people are still going to go to a movie theater and pay money to see it and maybe you're right that it, on streaming there's a little bit less of that because you don't have to you don't have to convince people to get out of their houses yeah know? but i think about movies like coda has so much in common with like breaking away and goodwill hunting and like a lot of those types of movies but each of those feel like movies you know and i i guess part of me is trying to put my finger on that indefinable thing that why do those feel like movies to me and why does coda not feel as much like a movie to me because now you're a cranky old guy that's probably part of it i mean christopher nolan would say because it's not shot on 35 millimeter film (laughs) but you know or 70 millimeter film but i would disagree with that you know yeah. I don't know. Well, um, guys, so I guess what we're saying is best Oscars ever. <laughs> yeah, best ever. Uh, you know, that was kind of <laughs> philosophical. And I'll tell you something. It's getting late here. Uh, Stuart's in a hotel room somewhere. And I don't think that there's well, anything. Florida, you know where he is. Yeah, beset <laughs> by like, gators. Somewhere. <laughs> I, uh, so Stuart's just off somewhere in that strange land we call America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Roaming you know, around like a Jack Reacher, just the clothes on his back and the blood on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't think of anything else that we need to talk about uh for this Oscars. So I think I'll say what well, the one last thing I'll say is oh. we've had fun talking about the Oscars, but I want to uh-huh. remind everybody the Oscars also don't matter at all. Yeah, they don't and matter then, at all. all it's know, just an excuse to talk know. about movies. <laughs> thanks. It's just an excuse. To- <laughs> thanks, Elliot, for that PSA in case our listeners were about to go out and start experimenting with the Oscars. <laughs> hey, hey, this is this. Hey, you want to try? So you hear Oscars are cool. Your friend tells you you should try an Oscar. But it's a good idea to rate art as if it's a competition that has an easy metric. Well, let me ask you this. Hot shot. Do you like drugs too? Because <laughs> yeah. it's also bad. That's the more you know. The more you know. Uh, uh, Elliot, we need to talk to you about this. The more you know you've scripted. Yeah, it, yeah, let's talk about it. I was I happy with the like last one. What do you think? It, it walks a circuitous route to a, maybe a questionable lesson. <laughs> well, I'm saying that people, you know, should be wary of the Oscars, and also drugs are probably bad, too. The more you know, right? Yeah, it feels like you're trying to combine two separate. You know what? We'll we'll, we'll have this talk later. Look, look. You told me. You told me when I when you made me head of the the more you know department. You said we're gonna have to do more with less, and I'm trying my best, man. I'm trying my best. <laughs> well, we're all trying our best, uh, including uh, me to end this episode. So. <laughs> Wow, we stuck house. the fucking landing on that shit <laughs> for the mm-hmm. flop house. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was the moment when Dan, the listeners, can see this when he dramatically threw his scarf back around his neck. <laughs> that, that gave him the power to yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> like like yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a regular porco rosso. <laughs> a red pig uh, <laughs> for the flop house. I've been Dan McCoy. Hey, I've been Stuart Wellington. And the winner of the other guy in the Flophouse is Elliot Kalen. That's you. Bullshit. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.